1: Queen Elizabeth skips a summer tradition as Tom Bauer hints at who made racist comments about baby Archie. As a new documentary questions Princess Diana's death.
2: Diana sold so many papers; we wanted to keep her going.
1: And royal security expert Richard H breaks down Prince Harry's latest security lawsuit.
2: And it's vitally important that Prince Harry receives the proper, the right and proper protection. There is there is no uh, there is no other um, reasoning or excuse or exemption or anything laid down where Harry should not actually be um,
0: afforded this protection.
1: And Daily Beast writer Tom Sykes reveals that Prince Harry's memoir will be totally honest about his wild years.
0: I really wonder whether this kind of narrative that's gained a bit of ground, that it's gonna be all about, you know, sticking machetes in the back of the you know the royals and doing one over on his father i just i just really doubt that's going to be the case we've got that plus so much more in today's really us
1: Hello to our fellow Royal Lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine. And Christine, I'm going to say it. It seems like the summer months are, you know, inching up on in the Royals. And it wasn't a crazy busy week. I know. I kind of,
3: I do love this time of year when the Royals kind of get a break. We yeah. also get a little bit of a break. I- it's, not that it's been totally quiet, but it was a quieter
1: week. It was a quieter week, but th- we still have a lot to talk about. We still have a yeah. lot to get to. Some fun interviews this week. Week. But we want to see what you guys did say about last week's show. Susanna said it's sad there is so much bad press that is hindering some of the Sussex's good work. However, all of this press is reactionary due to the amount of interviews and press the Sussexes have been putting out to try and control the narrative. They left senior royalty to free themselves from royal obligations, the right to privacy, making money. However, they want to make money, etc. But they're also putting out a contradiction perception because of how much they have revealed in their interviews it makes no sense um there was a lot of comments about this uh this week you know about their contradictions about how they want to want privacy yet they do a lot of interviews and you know of course the fallout from tom Bauer's book and things like that so you know, not surprising. A lot of people have a lot to say about Harry and Meghan. <laughs> yeah, it, always. But I think that there is a lot of, you know, there are a lot
3: of people who feel like they just constantly contradict themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who come in and say, you know, like they have the right to create those boundaries, you know, to to control what they do say and what they don't say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to see that discussion because everyone loves
1: to, you know, I feel like everyone's really strong on one side or the other. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mark Cruz says the donation from Bin Laden family was also vetted by the Home Office and various government agencies, and it was approved by all departments, not just Prince Charles' advisors. This, of course, last week, um, when we noted that Prince Charles' foundation took um, a substantial amount of money as a donation from Bidlada's estranged family. So, yeah, it's such a good point that he makes. Um, And a good
3: example of how, you know, the the media, the news can kind of twist the story a little bit to make us believe, you know, prince charles did this all on his own but actually there was like a whole series of you know vetting and approvals beforehand right yes it's not like he just took bags of cash
1: (laughs) 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 all right well let's get to our royal roundup and kick it off with queen elizabeth she has decided to skip the traditional public welcoming ceremony at balmoral castle which kicks off her summer holiday in scotland the event which usually sees the queen inspect a guard of honor at the gates of balmoral castle will now take place private privately within the grounds of Moral. Um, sources say that it was due to reasons of comfort. Um, sad that we are missing this tradition, but you know, she has been plagued with mobility issues for the past several months, and it just seems like you know, this is just another precaution to make her feel comfortable. And yeah, now I she's nice. I, I
3: know. Again, every time we talk about yeah. you know her her mobility issues or her health, we both kind of ended up being like, but she's 96, you yeah. know, can we really blame her? But this was, you know, another one of those, um, you know, she inspects the Guard of Honor, there's usually a little bit of parade, you know, a, a little performance from the marching band, if you will, Um, and I think it is uh, a huge honor for the people who are a part of it, mm-hmm. but for the average person, probably didn't even know that this was a thing until right. the story came out that she wasn't doing yeah. it um but again she's she's 96 years old she has certainly earned the right to sit on her sofa while this you know goes on in front of her um but it is just another sign of the times yeah. No, very true. Sign of the times.
1: All right. Well, Duchess Megan celebrated her 41st birthday and received messages from the royal family. A source told us that the Duchess was enjoying a lovely birthday this year with her family and dear friends. One of her friends, Tyler Perry, sent well wishes on Instagram writing, I've had a front row seat in your life for the past few years. I've watched you endure things that would have broken a lot of people. I'm so incredibly proud to see how happy you, your husband and your kids are now. It fills me with joy to say happy birthday, Princess May. And a lot of people, of course, thought this may have been a slight dig at the royal family with all the stuff that they, that she's had to endure. But, I mean, he makes a point. She, de- she has had a lot to endure over the past few yeah. years. Oh, definitely.
3: I mean, even if you take the royals out of it and just consider the immediate intrusion um, and just, you know, I, even if you think about moving to a different country, which I've just done, that's that, that was a lot to endure. Um, but she has been through so much in the last few years, and Tyler Perry really supported her through a lot of that. You know, at one point, they were living in his house, so clearly they must be close um, to a certain extent, but I thought it was nice. We saw lots of posts. The royal family, you know, made some sort of polite posts just to... um, I thought it was the polite right thing to do, even if it was a little bit perfunctory. It was the right thing to do, Uh, but I hope that she did have a very happy birthday.
1: Definitely. All right. Well, Prince William shared a tribute to a wildlife ranger who was killed in south africa he wrote i'm deeply saddened to learn of the killing of anton mazimba who i spoke to in november committed and brave rangers like anton are central to the conservation of africa's fantastic wildlife those responsible must swiftly be brought to justice my thoughts are with His family now on the official Twitter account for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge posted a seven message thread in tribute to Anton and the effort of wildlife rangers. Um, Obviously the environment is something that is super important to Prince William. And this is just a really sad story.
3: Yeah. The, you know, William and Harry both speak so often about their love for the different countries they visited in Africa. I think, especially, you know, the places that they've worked very closely with these organizations um and Prince William you know it's so hard you've just seen this man in November you know doing something some really important work that's important to William and now um for this tragedy to have occurred
1: I'm sure it's really you know it's really hard really is all right well Prince Harry has filed a second lawsuit against the British government in Scotland Yard over the decision not to allow him to pay police protection the Daily Mail reported that the Duke of Sussex has filed a lawsuit against the Home Office the Metropolitan Police and the High Court now this new case. Focuses on action taken back in January of 2020 by the Royalty and VIP Executive Committee, deciding that private individuals should not be allowed to pay for police protection. Uh, the Mail Online reports that the Queen, that Queen Elizabeth's private secretary, Sir Edward Young, is also mentioned in the case, claiming that he was involved in the Royalty and VIP Executive Committee's decision. Um, surprised that he filed a second lawsuit. Uh, yes,
3: <laughs> only in the sense that I thought, you know, we had spoken last week about how I, we thought maybe that they were learning that these lawsuits can often bring more harm than good. So I'm surprised to see another one. And I would hope that this one would have enough sort of meat behind it Mm. um, to, to generate a positive outcome for him. Because otherwise, if we're seeing all these lawsuits that just keep digging up stories, creating news headlines, creating more drama, and they lose, you know, then it's, it's just, all for
1: nothing all for nothing well to help us break this down even further to help us figure out what it means and where they go going forward is royal security expert and the director of operations for Mobius International Security Richard H
2: the, the first court case uh, or the first um, hearing was really based on the factor of why is the UK government the home office deciding not to provide protection to him mm-hmm. the second one of course is a uh, is Harry's rebuttal mm-hmm. to the fact that um, the re- immediate response of the UK government was such that um, the taxpayer, UK taxpayer, shouldn't be expected to fund his police protection. In response to that, Harry's turned around and said, look, I'm quite willing to pay this myself. Um, and of course, now the UK government is, is turned around and responding to that saying, no, you're not allowed to, to pay for yourself. So subsequently, what we have now is another Um, court submission application uh, for a hearing to actually investigate and understand the reasonings why a decision-making process involved um, and the outcomes hopefully will result in Harry's favor
1: yeah no is it disgruntled on the palace side and the police is that are they working together like that's uh, that's where i think it's a little bit of a gray area for a lot of people is it the the police deciding not to give him the protection or is it the palace or is it both
2: i think it's both yeah um of course we're we here we are we're, we're we are on the periphery of it all we don't have insider knowledge we can only uh guesstimate the situation um and the result of what it is right now um speaks volumes the inference is such that uh, senior members of the royal household have taken offence um, at Prince Harry's comments um, and what's gone on in the, in the background, um, but also um, the, the police situation as well, uh, making a stand on it. Um, it it's a combination of uh, many dynamics in mm-hmm. play. On one hand, you have the situation where um, the, the, the Ravec the royalty and VIP executive committee, have to make a decision. Yeah in these unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. Another dynamic is the influence of the royal household staff. And the other dynamic is those supporting Prince Harry's situation. And it's it's a conflict of interest, it's a conflict of personal opinion on the situation as opposed to professional opinion. It's the politics of um, emotion, that have taken precedence and priority over politics of rationality. Mm -hmm. And it's vitally important that Prince Harry receives the proper, the right and proper protection. Mm -hmm. There is no no other um, reasoning or excuse or exemption or anything laid down where Harry should not actually be um, afforded this protection. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It will make all the difference. You can't expect a poorly trained, private security industry and i'm talking on the global scale not just the uk you can't expect a poorly trained private security industry to provide the same anywhere near the same level of protection as the as the government
1: right um, i'm curious when he did come for the jubilee when they attended the service at thanksgiving what kind of protection were they allowed at that instance did they have royal protection since it was a royal event
2: yes they, yes they did they had a cast iron assurance mm-hmm. that they would be provided police protection during mm-hmm. that um they obviously had some particular dispensation but you've raised you've raised an interesting aspect here mm-hmm. on, on one hand you have uh the UK Home Office and the Ravec and the police protection command and so on stating that Prince Harry shouldn't be afforded he shouldn't be entitled to police protection as a citizen right and yet here he is coming to the UK for a well-publicized event. And they've turned around and says, yes, you can have police protection. There has to be a balance here.
1: In your opinion, what do you think the outcome of this is going to be?
2: (laughs) Um, I would like to think that Harry does actually receive police protection Mm -hmm. um, at cost to him, but nevertheless, some form, some element of that police oversight, the link to intelligence flows, and uh the armed, the armed security.
1: Definitely always interesting to get Richard's perspective since uh he has been there, he is protecting and he knows what kinda goes into it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a whole world that we can't really understand. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royal tea, and we've been talking about it for weeks, but the gift that keeps on giving is Tom Bauer's book. Now, a lot of people have been talking about this for several weeks because he said that he hinted at m- who may have made the alleged racist comment about baby Archie's skin tone in his new book. Speaking to Palace Confidential on Mail Plus, he said, I don't think it was a serious conversation. I think it was just one passing mentioned to use that to attack the royal." family i thought that was unforgivable um he said there are hints in the book i won't talk through it but there are hints in the book um about who made that comment interesting
3: it's interesting you know we we spoke with someone before and i'm sorry i can't remember who it was but they said that they also heard oh. from a different source that it was a passing comment almost across the breakfast table or something like that a very um you know offhanded comment and I'm sure for Megan it probably did stick in her brain and really deeply affected her although for whoever said it I think it was probably an errant thought um And of course, that doesn't make it okay. But maybe um, Tom Bauer is saying that maybe it wasn't substantial enough to create this massive attack against the royal family.
1: Right. But like you said, what may be a passing comment to one definitely hurts somebody else to somebody else. Yes. And and,
3: that's extremely valid. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, of course, Megan would be deeply affected by it, even if the other party didn't think anything of it. Right. Exactly. I guess we'll we'll never know.
1: Well, we do know that it's not Queen Elizabeth <laughs> or Prince Philip, because Harry right, did yeah. that in the interview. They made that very clear. Very clear. All right. Well, Prince Harry does not want to be seen. Or, Prince Harry does not want to be seen to be like his father, Prince Charles, or Brother William, but would rather be trusted like Princess Diana. The, now, this is according to a new bi- book written by the princess's former bodyguard, Ken Wharf. In his book, Diana Remembering the Princess, he writes, Harry doesn't want to be seen as the same sort of man as his brother and father. Instead, he wants to be trusted as Diana was. He isn't coming back yet, but it did leave the door open and he isn't ruling anything out. I mean, I think we kind of knew this. I mean, you know, he's always spoke so fondly of his mother and has continued her work. You know, even in that CBS interview, he says that, you know, his father and his brother are both trapped in this royal life and, you know, he wanted to break free just like his mother. So this makes sense. Definitely. I think if we look at the two brothers,
3: William is a bit more like Charles in a lot of ways And Harry is a bit more like Diana in a lot of ways. And I think that's normal if you look at two siblings. Uh, But I am interested to see, to hear more about this book. I know Ken Wharf has spoken out a lot over the years about his experiences um, serving Princess Diana. So it'll be really interesting to see what this book
1: outlines. Definitely. All right. Well, speaking of things that are interesting and Princess Diana, the tragic circumstances of her untimely death are being rehashed in a new docuseries, The Diana Investigations. Now, this is uh, coming. out on discovery plus this month so take a quick
2: look it was the very infancy of the internet it was so new
0: the media just fed off these weird and, and wonderful stories there's so many coincidences so many odd things that just don't add up this is about lies
2: it's not the truth this isn't the truth
1: This definitely looks interesting. I mean, these conspiracy theories have been going on for years ever since her death. Um, So this kind of uh, takes a deep dive into this a little bit more.
3: I know it it will be really interesting to see, you know, what is what is revealed. And I think it's one of those sad things that, you know, maybe we should put this this tragedy to bed. But there's still so many people who are really deeply affected by it that want those
1: answers. So. It'll be an interesting series, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules, and we are catching up with royal correspondent for the Daily Beast, Tom Sykes, who reveals how honest Prince Harry will get in his upcoming memoir. Take a look. (laughs) And I know that we have Prince Harry's memoir around the corner. We don't know exactly when it's going to be released, but a lot of people have been talking about it, yourself included. So what have you heard about this
0: memoir? (gasps) So literally, I mean, it has been kept under lock and key. So it is, they are being extremely secretive about what's in it. The only thing um, that we have been told so far is what Prince Harry said about it, which is that it's going to be entirely honest and truthful. It's going to be written not as the prince he was born, but as the man he has become. It's going to contain his hard worn lessons of his life uh, and his teacher. Focus on the things that bring us together, because you may think that you know Harry's very different to you, but this memoir is going to show how much we're all we're all the same. So um, you know, it's the usual. To be frank, what we've heard so far is the usual platitudes um, of publishers. Um, what we haven't heard, which is odd at this stage, is we haven't heard when the book is coming out, what it's going to be called, what the cover going to look like. There's not even a holding page on Amazon. So nobody really knows exactly what the book is going to be called, what it's going to be, anything. Right. And I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really fascinating because on one hand, look, I'm going to read the book. You know, I, 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 what was it like coming down to breakfast at Balmoral that morning, you know, after hearing his mother had died in a car crash, you know, what were those moments like? I really wonder whether this kind of narrative that's gained a bit of ground, that it's going to be all about, you know, sticking machetes in the back of the, you know, the Royals and doing one over on his father. I just, I just really doubt that's going to be the case. I think that, you know, I, th- I think that the the Oprah interview, they kind of did that and the Apple documentary, they kind of did that and they kind of went for Charles. And I think frankly, it made them look petty you know, I think the kind of you know, it's an old thing, isn't it? When when somebody starts you know slagging off somebody to you, you, you tend to think, well, well, come on, mate, come on, you know, you it, it's you didn't get the worst deal of hands in in life ever, you know. So I I think if this if he's smart, he will have realised that um, you know that is not the way to go and focus very much more on himself. For me, the really fascinating thing about it is, is he going to talk about his partying? Yes. Is he going to talk about drug use? Mm-hmm. Is he going to talk about alcohol use and is he perhaps going to disclose that he's in recovery? Mm-hmm. You know, which I, I think is, is a real possibility. Uh, his ghostwriter, um, J.R. Moehringer, um, has written a lot um, of recovery theme books. He himself is kind of well known in the kind of 12 step community, you know? And so I, th- I think it, that to me, would be the most brilliant way for Harry to answer all his critics Mm -hmm. and provide an amazing book, but also not be accused of, you know, sticking it to other people. If it was, you know, my name is Harry and I am, you know, X, Y, Z. Right. That would be incredible. And, you know, it, it's interesting because Harry was very hard partying in his youth. He he drank a lot. He partied a lot. You know, he, there was an instance where, where he was caught smoking marijuana and that kind of thing. And there were always, you know, rumors of, of his sort of partying days. His girlfriend, Chelsea Davy and him were very sort of hard partying in London mm. in the kind of up to about 2010, they split up. But then Cressida as well was, you know, the, you know they, they were just on the scene in London, you'd see them at nightclubs. And there were of course loads of instances of Harry, you know, falling out of nightclubs, punching photographers, attacking photographers, you know, doing crazy things under the influence of drink. And it's really interesting when you like his interview with um, Dax Shepard, the armchair expert, you know, very much the language of recovery, you know, that anybody, you know, who has been in recovery has friends in recovery would, would really recognize, you know, so I, I for me, it will feel weird if there's not a large bit about what was, you know, even if it's not, you know, traditional, what we might think of like AA, hey, hey, I'm sober or what have you, but even if it's, you know, recovery from like the emotional stress or, you know, the, so it's such a, it's such a broad church these days, but it seems to me that he does seem to use that language a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that would be fascinating. I and, do- I, I sort of struggle to see what else gives it the worth $20 million. Yeah. When frankly, you can have any number of people, you can have Tom Boer writing, you know, the terrible story of Harry or this or that or the other. So what is it that gives it that, that enormous credibility? And right. I, 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 I'm fascinated to see, I mean, I'm very excited. And I, I think it will be a terrific book um but exactly what it contains I got to be honest with you nobody knows right now uh, three people know Harry the ghostwriter and the publisher exactly. oh sorry and Megan
1: <laughs> I mean if this book doesn't I mean I'm sure you know people no matter what he writes people are going to buy it people are going to read it but if he doesn't yeah. deliver I mean is this considered a massive failure for Harry and Megan because it still seems like they are trying to find their footing they don't really know exactly kind of where they fit into this Half celebrity, half royal world. It seems like so. Is a lot riding on this book for him.
0: But I think there is and there isn't. I mean, I think that um, I think that you know, in in a sense, um, for them, um, the obviously the, the financial element is important. They've been, as far as I can tell, they've been spending money like water on uh, houses and security and lawsuits and God knows what else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the financial element is really important. And that's not going to be an issue. This book is going to earn out in the sort of publishing parlance, you know. Um, but I, I, th- I think it, it is the opportunity for them to turn the page on the kind of looking bitter and angry in the Oprah interview, you know, which I, I do feel like ultimately, and it was received differently in the UK over here to how it was in America. But I do feel that ultimately, they didn't come out brilliantly out of that. They didn't land a killer punch on on the royals. Um, and, you know, the stories were kind of conflicting about who said what, and when they said it. And, you know, Oprah, I felt, didn't interrogate it fully enough. And so, so I felt that 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 overall from that interview, they didn't come out brilliantly. And and I think that people had very little sympathy for Harry pleading poverty. You know, I, I thought there was a really, really odd thing for him to do. So my father cut me off. It's like, you're 35, mate. You know, it's like, what do you mean your father cut? What, your pocket money? Are you, are you kidding me? You said you wanted to be financially independent, you know? Wow. And so, I do, whilst I, I, and it's really complicated, as always with Harry and Meghan, two things can be true at the same time. You know, I totally believe that the royal family treated them appallingly, but I do also think that Harry particularly came across as a bit of a whinger in that interview. And I think the book is a really important opportunity, a really valuable opportunity for them to press the reset button and be like, this is who we are, we are, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever they want to be.
1: I mean, this is surely going to be a must read, I guess. Can't wait! <laughs> um, all right. Well, checking in on the royal kids before we wrap up, and uh, as we know, the royal family is headed to Windsor area, moving to the the Windsor area. With Hello Magazine reporting that George, in particular, is excited about the move to be closer to family shore, but also because the move to the Windsor estate from their home at Kensington Palace will give Prince George and his siblings more freedom to enjoy their favorite outdoor pastimes, which include swimming, football, and tennis. Um, it seems like you know they're getting ready for this big move, enjoying one last summer. Um, I know Kate's uncle spoke out saying that they're ready for this next chapter in their lives. So definitely some things to look forward to in the next few months.
3: I think so. And, you know, I've suspected that this move was really motivated by the kids. You know, they've recently been photographed riding their bikes and scooters and getting ice cream um, in London. And I think William and Kate want more privacy for them so that they can still do those fun things like football and tennis. But they can do it, you know, without being photographed or without worrying about, you know, someone snapping a photo on their iPhone. Definitely want some privacy and maybe a little bit
1: of normalcy, but I don't know if that could ever happen. <laughs> all right, well, Christine, thank you for running down all things royals with me as always. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this quiet week. It was yes.
3: kind
1: of- <laughs> don't make it too quiet, Royals. Oh no, not on wood. <laughs> um, but keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>